All right, let's turn to Second Chronicles chapter 23. All right, what I would like to do, since it's been about two weeks since we've uh, been in the book of Second Chronicles, um, I would like to start off actually in chapter 22, verses 10, through the rest of the chapter to give us kind of some context on where we're at uh, in this particular story. So in verse 10 of chapter 22, it says, now when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw, her, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs of the house of Judah. So she was trying to make a power move to kill off all the heirs so that she can reign in Judah. But Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were be, uh, being murdered and put him and his nurse in the bedroom. So Jehozabeth, uh, the daughter of, the king, of King Jehoram, the wife of Jehoiada, the priest, for she was, uh, was the sister of Ahaziah, and him, uh, hid him from Athaliah so that she did not kill him. And he was hidden with them in the house of God for six years while Athaliah reigned over the land. So we have this queen mother killing off basically her own grandchildren, in order to make sure that she would reign in Judah, making this power move to do so. But she did not know that one of the grandchildren got away and was hidden for those six years. And I'm pretty sure those six years, Judah was going down the drain. A lot of idolatry, a lot of evil. You you could think of what the northern kingdom was doing, with Ahab and all the idolatry that was going on there. Well, now it's starting to happen even worse down in Judah uh, because of her. And as we get into chapter 23, we're going to see what her fate held and, and how the true king of Judah will resurface. So let's start in verse 1 of chapter 23. And it says, In the seventh year, Jehovah strengthened himself and made a covenant with the captains of hundreds. Azariah, the son of Jeroham, Ishmael, the son of Jehonan, Azariah, the son of Obed, Maasiah, the son of Adiah, and Eli, Shaphat, the son of Zachary. And they went throughout Judea, uh, Judea and gathered the Levites from all the cities of Judah and the, chief, uh, and the chief fathers of Israel, and they came to Jerusalem. Then all the assembly made a covenant with the king in the house of God, and he said to them, Behold, the king's son shall reign, as the Lord has said of the sons of David. So we remember that. God had made the, the, the covenant with David that he would always have someone on the throne of Judah in his lineage. So he is showing that we're going to get back to that. And it says, this is what you shall do. One third of you entering on the Sabbath of the priests and the Levites shall be uh, keeping watch over the doors. And one third shall be at the king's house and one third at the gate of the foundation. All the people shall be in the court of the house of the Lord. So here we see. Jehovah getting ready to present Joash as the true king of Judah. And, and we see here, we have F.B. Meyer says that this world is full of Ethelias. And it is not befitting that the Jehovahs should remain at their, holy, uh, at their holy rights and service. If there is a paramount need for action in the world's battlefield, in the strife against wrong. 
Here was a man that stood up. He's seen that there was evil being, being done in the world. He's seen evil was being done in Judah. And Jehovah stood up and made a difference in that nation. There was a saying that says, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And Jehovah was not going to do nothing. He was going to step up and make a difference. And that's something we all need to do, whether it's small in our own communities or making a big impact in the world. We need to stand up as believers, knowing the truth, and to be able to make a difference in, in, our, in our circles and in our sphere. We need to be able to step up, and Jehovah was doing just that. Now, in Second Kings, it doesn't talk too much about this, but this 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 coup that they were they were starting to have to to go against Athaliah was starting to build, and it wasn't just those in the temple that were wanting to do this because we see them going out, getting the Levites and some of the some of the chiefs of these places in Judah to bring them in. So this is pretty much nationwide that this was starting to happen. And they were building up the forces to be able to present Joash as the king. <clears throat> and we look at this too. This is a really dramatic point in history. That Joash is the last remaining heir to David. We were one life away from not having Jesus on the scene if you read this. But we know God has a plan. We know God will preserve his, his, uh, the heirs of David and that we've seen that Jesus was born and Jesus did die for us. So God is, is taking care of these things. Satan has often throughout history tried to stop the works of God. Rather, it's thinking he had Jesus on the cross and that, no, finally he's dead. There's nothing more is going to come of it to having one heir left in that line of Jesus. Here with Joash, that Satan is constantly at work trying to stop the works of God. Even to this day, even though the Messiah has come and he's risen and there's a way to God, there's, there's a way through his salvation that he's offered us, he is still trying to stop the works of the saints. So he, he's always at work scheming, trying to figure a way to stop the works of God. But we know we serve a God that, that is bigger than the ways of Satan. Amen. So we see all these guards coming in and out uh, to, to protect the king. And in verse 6 it goes on. It says, But let no one come into the house of the Lord except the priests and those of the Levites who serve. They may go in, for they are holy, but all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. And the Levites shall surround the king on all sides, every man with his weapons in his hands. And whoever comes into the house, let him be put to death. You are to be with the king when he comes in and when he goes out. So the Levites and all of Judah did according to all Jehovah the priest commanded. And each man took his men who were to be on duty on the Sabbath with those who were going off duty on the Sabbath. For Jehovah the priest had, di- had not dismissed the divisions. So he, we have those who were coming on duty and off duty. Usually if you go off duty, you're going to go back to your home or wherever you rested at. And then you would come back on for your duty. Well, they're keeping everybody overtime here because we're about to have a major event happen. And Jehovah the priest gave to the captains of hundreds the spears and the large and small shields which had belonged to the king, uh, belonged to King David that were in the temple of God. So we see here Jehovah is starting to 
ramp up the security in order to present the true king of Judah, Joash, to this. And if we look at these, these guards in, in, uh, coming from Washington, D.C., I think about this being their secret service for the king, the secret service for the king. Uh, when, I had, when we went into the White House last week, there was a number of security points that we had to go through with the secret service there. Uh, just protecting our president, protecting our, our people who are in these government positions to ensure that there was no terrorist attacks and all that. Uh, I got pulled over by them. We're going through the security check. I found it funny. I had uh, my birthday on my ID did not match the one they had on their paper, so they had to do a background check on me. I found that kind of funny. But we see the Secret Service of Judah here protecting the king and ensuring that he would not uh, die and that that lineage of David would continue on. And they did according to everything that Jehovah the priest commanded them. And they were, they were very obedient to him because they knew that this was a major point in the history of Judah. And then they talk in verse 9, it says in that they, they had priests who gave the captains of hundreds the spears and the large and small shields. Just think about this when David, when David was going through his battles and he was going conquering these lands and having these battles with these other nations, that he would collect all these shields and these weapons and all that, the spoils of war that were placed inside the temple, not knowing that generations later that these exact weapons that he collected would have to be used in the defense of his lineage. And so we see them handing out the weapons here because it would be quite odd if these, these guards would go in and out of the temple with weapons. It would get a little suspicious with them going in and out with weapons. So they were going to be provided for them there at the temple. In verse 10, it says, Then he set all the people, every man with his weapon in his hand, from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, along by the altar and by the temple all around the king. So they have a really tight security going on. And they brought out the king's son, put the crown on him, gave him the testimony, and made him king. Then Jehoiada and his sons anointed him and said, Long live the king. Now when Athaliah heard the noise of the people running and praising the king, she came to the people in the temple of the Lord. When she looked, there was the king standing by the pillar at the entrance. And the leaders and the trumpeters were by the king. All the people of the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. Also the singers with musician, uh, musical instruments and those who led in praise. So Athaliah tore her clothes and said, Treason, treason. And Jehoiada the priest brought out the captains of a hundreds who were set over the army and said to them, Take her outside under guard and slay with the sword whoever follows her. For the priest had said, Do not kill her in the house of the Lord. So they seized her, and she went by way of the entrance of the horse gate into the king's house, and they killed her there. So under heavily armed guards, Joash was brought out of hiding and brought out to the public to, to proclaim that this is the true heir, the true king of Judah, not Athaliah. And he was given the crown showing that he was king. He was also given the testimony. He was given the, basically the word of God or the law was presented to him 
which in Deuteronomy says that every king was supposed to have a copy of that. So he's getting presented the word. He was anointed by the priest and he was acclaimed by all present with a cry, may the king live. So this was a very joyful time for the nation of Judah. They had just been under the thumb of, of probably a dictator and a ruler who was probably not treating Judah right, especially those who were really following God. And we think about that in our country right now, how we have politicians who are really wanting to put their thumb on us and, and, and prevent us from following our God in our ways. And whenever these laws come into effect, it really would affect us as believers. So these laws that they were having to follow was really affecting them. But can you imagine thinking that no, having no hope that the line of David is done with, there's no more children in his lineage, and then all of a sudden Joash pops up, bringing joy to this nation. And then we have Athaliah, Athaliah crying out, treason, treason, wow. She's the one who is there illegally ruling but yet she's crying treason as well. And I go back to our own political climate now, some of these, these politicians crying wolf like they're doing, you know. And so we see her doing the same thing here. Then moving on to verse 16. It says, Then Jehovah made a covenant between himself, the people, and the king, that they should be the Lord's people. And all the people went to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They broke in pieces its altars and images and killed Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. Also, Jehovah appointed the oversight of the house of the Lord to the hand of the priests, the Levites, whom David had assigned in the house of the Lord to offer the burnt offerings of the Lord, as it is written in the law of Moses with rejoicing and with singing as it was established by David. So here we have Jehoiada made a covenant that would be for the Lord's people. He is declaring that we are the Lord's people and that we are going to go back into ser to serving the Lord. We're not going to worship Baal no more. We're not going to worship all these false idols. And I like that type of commitment. And I think we should daily make that type of commitment. That I'm going to be God's man. I'm going to be God's woman. I'm going to be the people of God. I'm going to commit myself wholly over to God and his way and his, his, his will for my life. That's what I want to do. And also by doing that, we are remembering who we belong to. And Jehovah is sitting here before Judah reminding him who you belong to, whose people you are. Because they had forgotten, pretty sure many of them have forgot that over those six years that uh, Athaliah was reigning. And in Psalms 103 at the end, it says, we are his people and the sheep of his pastor. We have to continually remind ourselves who we belong to because we are people who tend to forget a lot. But we need to continuously remind ourselves who we belong to, that we are the children of God. We are God's child. You know, and we often forget that sometimes. So then all the people went to the house of Baal and started tearing it down. They started tearing down. This was built next to the temple of God. What blasphemy is that? And many of the people in Judah were worshiping Baal and going after these 
false idols. So now they're going over and they're going to start tearing down the worship of Baal and the high priest that they had in there. Getting rid of the idols. They were getting rid of the idols and turning back to God in a renewed commitment to them. And we need to have that renewed commitment every day. Just not on special occasions, just not on Sunday or Wednesday. But every day when we wake up, we need to renew our commitment to Christ. So they had a lot of singing and a lot of rejoicing because the true king had finally come back after after now seven years. And this was a joyful time for him. In Psalms 144, 15, it says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. We should be some of the happiest people on earth because of who we serve. A lot of Christians are not. A lot of Christians walk around like Eeyore, sad. But we should be joyful and happy that we serve a God that is almighty. A God that made a way for us as sinners to be saved and to live with him for eternity. That's the good news of the gospel, that he did that. And we need to share that with our hurting world that we have out here. In verse 19, it goes on. And it says, and he set the gatekeepers at the gates of the house of the Lord so that no one who was in any way unclean should enter. Then he took the captains of the hundreds, the nobles of the governors of the people and all the people of the land and brought the king down from the house of the Lord. And they went through the upper gate to the king's house and set the king on the throne of the kingdom. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet, for they had slain Athaliah with the sword. So the coup was successful. They were able to get the king on the throne. And we see here that the gatekeepers would not let anybody who was unclean through. They were still in that protection mode. And now we have the new king is crowned. The people are excited, and in verse 21, it says that the city was quiet. So we're looking at that statement that the city was quiet or Jerusalem was quiet, and we look at this. The chronicler used that word quite a bit, showing that that means God had done a work there and had brought peace to the people of Judah or peace to his people, period. And we know that God was in the workings of this of this coup, of getting Joash back to the, to the throne. And God brought peace and quiet to the nation. Because right now, they're back in sync with God. And we've noticed going through Chronicles that Judah would often be on a high note with God and everything is going great, then all of a sudden they crash. Then they're on a high note again, and then they crash. And God had so much patience with them. So much patience with them as they went through these trials. 200, 300 years that this nation was together before they taken into captivity, God gave them plenty of time to repent and to come back to him. And he's patient with us as we're being sanctified and being perfected. He has patience with us. And we have those moments of quiet in our own life to where you know God is working in your life. Everything is peaceful and calm. But even through the storm, there's a peace and a quietness that we have knowing that our Savior is walking with us. So the account ends with a sense of satisfaction that the thought of Athaliah, the murderous, idolatrous leader for six years, 
is done. She was taken out with the sword. And this story paints a picture of our present situation. Athaliah was illegally in charge. She wasn't the one who was supposed to be in charge. She was in charge for six years. She was on the throne, and for six years there was wickedness in the land. But in the seventh year, everything changed when Joash, who was previously hidden, came to light. There is someone who is illegally in charge right now in our world, and that's Satan. The prince of this world, the god of this world, and we can just look at all the sin and all the debauchery and the evil that is going on in our world right now, and we know that he is doing an evil work. We can see him ruling in the, in the people who are following them to a grave that they'll never get out of. But he's ruling this world. We see the hurt. We see the rebellion. We see the sickness. And we know that he is, he is, he is ruling. But there is coming someone who is greater than Joash. A king that will one day come back for his bride. And even though Satan may call treason when that happens, we know that Christ is the one who is rightfully to be on this throne of this world and to rule and to reign. So in the seventh year, there will be quietness on this planet. There will be peace and prosperity. Answers to all, this, all the problems we've had in our, in our life. It's coming. It's coming soon. So whatever's bothering you or burdening you right now, just... Be patient. Christ is going to return. And in Luke twelve thirty two, he says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. We are going to reign with Christ. We are going to inherit that heavenly kingdom one day. And it's his good pleasure to give that to us. The time is short. Christ is returning soon. And rejoicing will fill this land. We will rejoice here on earth once again once he comes back. Just like Joe, the people you know, rejoice for Joash coming, how much more are we going to rejoice when Christ returns? Amen? All right. Father, we thank you for this message tonight. We thank you, Lord, that we know that you will return one day, Lord, in your glory for your people. And that you are the rightful king of this world, Lord. Satan may have it for a moment, Lord, but you you are going to be the one who is going to rule and reign forever, Lord. We ask for your blessing over the people here tonight. And for those who could not make it, Lord, we ask that you would bless them as well. And that you would give us safe travels home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.